Welcome to the Signature Required Podcast. I am your host, Miss Brittany Renee. I am a serial entrepreneur, a personal development coach, and author. And today we have Pastor Stanley J from Worship Life Center from Mesa, Arizona here with us. That's right. That's right. Hey, everybody. How y'all doing? Thank you so, 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 so much for coming. Mm-hmm. I am honored that you took the call and you are here with us today and i am just so excited because i know how blessed i will be Amen. and how you will bless other people so um we are gonna just dive right into Let's it get right in it yeah so um if you can just give us a little bit of background about yourself and who you are and all that good stuff okay okay well uh let me just i guess i'll start here I uh, am the baby of four. Okay. Born in Maywood, Illinois at Westlake Hospital. Okay. I guess I was a little spoiled growing up. My mom couldn't do for my brothers and my sister as much as she could for me. Uh, Things had changed by the time I started growing up. Okay. So I had, uh, she started doing, you know, a little bit more for me and that kind of spoiled me and kind of gave me a a different mindset on life. Uh, Raised good. I was raised in an amazing family, uh, made a lot of uh, bad decisions as I got older, and it took me down the road that me and you would travel today. Yes. Uh, but uh, here I am, so I'm grateful. Awesome, awesome. Well, before we dive all the way into it, I just want to um, introduce our topic that we have today, which is from behind bars to the pulpit, how wow. your background influences the way you preach and teach. Wow. Wow, that is so good. I'm going to preach that one day. All right. That All is right. awesome. That well, is I'll make awesome. sure that I get you that. Um, yeah. So if you will, I want you to, to dive a little bit deeper into your childhood. You know, like you said, you okay. were a little spoiled. And, yeah, you know. yeah. I was spoiled. You know, when I uh, my mom was uh, pregnant with me, my dad left. Okay. Actually, he dropped her off at the hospital mm. uh, to have me, and that was the last uh, sighting of him. Wow. Yeah, wow. so my mom raised us by okay. herself, and she did an amazing job. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people say, well, we did the best we can. She didn't do the best she could. She actually did the job. Mm. She raised us amazing, uh, all of us. And uh, I decided to run with the neighborhood uh, friends and, and get into uh, mischief and and uh, I believe that was the beginning of the beginning of my bad decision making. Mm. And uh, pretty good in school. Uh, played baseball, and in fact, I played all sports. But my main sport was baseball. Mm-hmm. Loved it. Played twenty five years of baseball, so oh, wow. I really, really loved it. Oh. Uh, was uh, introduced to alcohol and drugs at an early age, Brittany. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, I remember my 15th birthday, not 16th, 15th, 15th when people usually celebrate sweet 16 right. and all. Right. 16, I was 15 years old on the back of a, in the back of a U-Haul mm. throwing up uh, from drinking. I think by 18, I was a full flesh alcoholic. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that okay. thing rolled through our family. So, okay. Uh, okay. If you didn't drink, then... Uh, you wasn't normal. Mm. You know, just that thing traveled our family and all of us. That's what we do. We we drink. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, then drinking wasn't doing it no uh, longer, so I uh, began to experiment with other things. Okay. 
and uh, then I hit one thing that I liked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. some of the things I experimented with it wasn't it didn't uh, wasn't my cup of tea. So I said, well, I won't do that no more. Mm-hmm. But when I uh, when I hit the cocaine and and uh, began to back then, a lot of folks don't know about this because it was way back in the early '80s. But when we begin to freebase, mm-hmm. and uh, that thing I liked, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that took me uh, uh, further than I wanted to go, mm-hmm. had me spending more money than I wanted to spend, and it kept me longer mm-hmm. than I wanted to stay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in fact, uh, that addiction uh, that uh, that took place as a result of my using had me homeless in uh, five states. Mm. Yeah, from mm. the viaducts of Michigan uh, to the bridges of Allegheny County in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Then I took a residency downtown in Los Angeles on Skid Row. Wow. Yeah, I lived in a cardboard box. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, God saw lost so and desired it. And that's what he sees for everyone. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we just thank God for his love and uh, his patience with me. You know, it was old songs say, please be patient with me. God ain't through with me yet. Mm. Yeah, that was kind of my theme song. Mm-hmm. As I went through the missions and the shelters and uh, slept in tents and cardboard boxes. And I did it all by choice because I had a great family. Yeah. At any time, I could have went back home. But wow. uh, by that time, I loved what I was doing. Right. I didn't like the results, mm-hmm. but I really loved what I was doing. Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So I want to I wanna tap back into... You shared that um, your father dropped your mother off, mm-hmm. and your mom did her absolutely best that she, she could, it. and she yes, sounds like she a phenomenal it. woman. Yes. Um, but oftentimes we um, we experience trauma indirectly, right? Yes. So it was in that moment that your mom was dropped off at a hospital, and and was left there to figure life out by herself. Yes. And as a result. Um, those things trickled down into a generation because of now you being exposed to alcohol. Do you think that if your father was present, that may have changed the trajectory of you using and indulging in alcohol? Maybe, maybe. You know, it took me a long time to, um, I guess, embrace what you just shared. Mm -hmm. My wife would tell me all the time, she'd say, babe, you know, you have to deal with this and I say ain't nothing wrong with me. Mm-hmm. I would tell her all the time. I said no, that I'm different. I, I that don't bother me at all. Right. But the reality of it is, uh, there was something missing. Mm-hmm. I didn't have the father figure in the home, mm-hmm. uh, and my father was a heroin addict and a uh, and an alcoholic too. Mm. Uh, he got addicted in Panama in 1955, wow. and uh, so that line of drugs and alcohol is long. Yes, it is yes. long. And we just kind of thought that was the normal thing to do. Absolutely. You know, you're sitting around Absolutely. chopping it up with your family and we laughing. And, you know, back home, we just sit on the front porch and have a good time. The whole neighborhood would come to my mama's house. Mm-hmm. And, and if you didn't have a beer, you wasn't normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I remember one day, Britt, my mom came in and she said, son, I said, ma'am, very respectful, all of us. That's how she raised her. Yes. I says, ma'am, she said, you drink too much for me. Mm-hmm. And I say, Mom, I didn't drink ale beer for you. Everyone I drank was for me. <laughs> you know, that yeah. was kind of our mindset. Right. And I didn't understand right. why people didn't drink and do what we done. Mm-hmm. It was normal. Mm-hmm. And my wife opened my eyes and says, if you don't dig deeper mm-hmm. into uh, these abandonment issues, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, this 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 uh, issue that you have that you don't know you have about not being wanted. Right. Yeah, I didn't know I had that. Right. But as I grew, especially as I began to grow uh, in the Word, mm -hmm. I found out that there was something on the inside that was uh, hurting. Yeah. 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 And uh, so I tapped into it and and allowed the Spirit of the Living God to help me. That's right. Yeah, and uh, right. and delivered me from all that I was struggling with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did you ever have a relationship with your father after, after I did. you left? I did. And uh, it's ironic you asked that. I remember asking my dad at 16 mm -hmm. at my grandmother's funeral, his mom's. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I remember asking him, why did you leave us? Mm. And he, um, he mentioned something that I thought was a poor excuse. Mm. Uh, and I shared my feelings because he says, well, with you coming in and we didn't have money and another mouth to feed and I just thought it'd be better if I left. And I thought that was so bad. Mm -hmm. So at that time I told him at 18, I'm gonna come see you. I got to see you about this. Mm -hmm. I was 16, so I, but I said 18, <laughs> I'm coming for you. Right. Yeah, and at 18, um, we went out there to see him and I embraced my dad mm. and loved my dad. Me and my wife was on my dad's side the whole time he was transitioning out of this earth with, he had leukemia. Oh, okay. And uh, 72 years old and we were at his side the whole time. Mm. Yeah, he became my best friend. Mm. And how, <laughs> did, how did you restore that relationship with your father? I began to... Uh, it wasn't nothing I did. My natural couldn't do it. Mm. But my life began to change because of what I was practicing. Mm. And I remember him asking me one day, what is that you do? Mm. And I was able to tell him. And he said, oh, okay. And while uh, he was in the uh, hospital, he says uh, to me and my wife, he says, can you make sure when I go, you do my funeral? Mm. And I said, well, we won't talk about that. You ain't going nowhere. Uh, but he didn't want anyone to uh, talk about his life over him. And, uh, you know, the Bible says they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Mm -hmm. So we don't hold back. We go ahead and tell uh, what God has done for you and and uh, so that somebody else can get free. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So it sounds like you were already doing the work when you had that restoration with you and your father. Absolutely. I started, but I had episodes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, I had moments. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I had some uh, uh, big moments. Me and my wife is together, uh, been together over 22 years now. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember uh, clean time and then starting to fight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You had to come home and start a fight because she made biscuits. Wow. Why didn't you do cornbread? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I wanted that with the rice and gravy. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but the reality of it is I was ready to go out. I was ready to go. Uh, mm -hmm. Brittany, I used when for your birthday. You know, it wasn't nothing special. Right, just for I any I was a full-fledged alcoholic addict. Yeah. Wow. So I wow. used just because it was Tuesday. Wow. Yeah, it wasn't nothing yeah. special. Uh -huh. Yeah, I, I, I got high till the wheels fell off. Mm. Yeah, and I just decided that I was going to die out there. Mm. Yeah. So what was your um, your age from when you became homeless and then you went to prison and then yeah. you came Yeah, out. I went to jail in every state I was in. I remember in a max, uh, maximum uh, secured facility uh -huh. and I was in there with lifers. I mean, mm. these guys was laughing and saying, you're a short timer, you know, and 
and uh, but it all started I think in uh, in 1984 okay yeah okay. it started in 84 85 and and uh, I think I went to my first county jail uh, in uh, in in Michigan mm -hmm. I think it was Dane County Mm -hmm. Been to so many of them. I get them get them mixed up. But, and what were you going for? If you don't uh, me yeah, I was going for possession. All my cases was possession. Oh, drug paraphernalia and controlled substance. Wow. Yeah, never had a violent. Wow. Yeah, wow. wasn't violent, but I certainly did the things I needed to do to use. And I, you know, I I held up to my responsibility. I wasn't gonna throw my drugs away because I was a drug addict. Mm -hmm. So just take me to jail. Mm. <laughs> That so, was my it, so it wasn't even for selling. It was just oh, absolutely not. I never made a dime. Wow. Never tried to sell. Wow. I got I got high. Yeah, that's what I did. Yeah. <laughs> and, and received felonies because. Oh, of absolutely! That. I'm a three-time convicted felon. Wow. Yeah, I was sentenced to eight years. Um, wow. One year, I remember going in to the same judge, Judge Rand Rubin. And he sentenced me to eight years because I was a repeat offender. Mm. And okay. that had a little bit more. I had a concealed weapon uh, at that time, downtown Los Angeles. And so they got me with drugs, uh, uh, paraphernalia, controlled substance, and a CCW, okay. carrying a concealed yes. weapon. Mm -hmm. So he says, I got to give you your joint suspension, which was eight years. And I said, okay, mm -hmm. go ahead and give it to me. Um, you know, believe it or not, those moments was times where I was able to go in a place and get some clarity and able to clear my head. And the truth of the matter, I wasn't going to do it out with freedom. Right. I was going to use. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, gonna... so when you got out, did you go back? Oh, absolutely. How absolutely. long did it? Was the that most time I've ever had clean was eight months. Okay. Uh, in a. 15 year span wow. uh, you know I've never went over wow. that at around the eight month mark uh, it was time to hit the streets mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. was time to go back out and I knew the system I knew how to get into the Salvation Army I knew how to go to Gravy Joe's I knew how to stand in the bread line I I understood all that mm -hmm. and I was forward I knew how to get into the system and get food stamps and 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 uh, I mean, in every state. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. I remember in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, I go down to the Mellon Bank and they give me one or two fifty in cash, and they give me stamps. And I stayed at a place uh, uh, called uh, Pleasant Valley Shelter. Mm. And then down in Madison, Wisconsin, I stay at Grace Shelter and go up on Washington Street, and you get three forty-seven in cash and one hundred and thirty dollars in food stamps and. Wow. California give you 221 and so I knew the system and I knew yeah. I could make it because that's the life I choose to live mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and if you didn't have anything on my next one we didn't have a conversation mm -hmm. so don't ask me to stop using don't tell me how dangerous it is I knew what I was in for and I was prepared to mm -hmm. just kind of go out die in mm -hmm. those streets wow yeah so what was the pivotal moment for you when you had this moment where you said you know I don't want to live like this because you had already made up in your mind that you were going to die in the streets yeah. and that drugs was what you wanted to do and you were having yes. fun doing it so what yeah. was that pivotal moment for you and then when did you get married 
after you know that because yeah. you said you would go and pick fights and so oh, you were still using then yep. when you got married so uh, what was that pivotal moment for you you know i was downtown los angeles on third in los angeles at the midnight mission mm -hmm. it was raining and i don't know if you all ever seen uh the uh, homeless with blankets mm -hmm. over. That was me. So I had a blanket mm -hmm. over my head, sitting on the curb. Mm -hmm. I was waiting on the bread line to open, and uh, and I said, Lord, I, if you're real, hmm. yeah, yeah, I remember that. I said, if you're real, Lord, you're gonna have to help me. Mm. That that I'm not gonna be able to. <laughs> that I won't be able to do this. Mm. And uh, they opened the bread line, and I went up to the front to get my ticket. And I asked the guy, uh, I said, you guys got a Bible? Hmm. Wow. And he said, no, we don't. Uh, he said, we don't have them here. He said, but you can go uh, to Fifth Street to the Los Angeles Mission. Mm-hmm. And they'll give you a Bible. Mm-hmm. And I'm alumni from there, by the way. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I went and uh, got the Bible, and then I got into the program, and I stayed in the program. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So I stayed in, and I went to aftercare for another year. And in 98, I met Joyce mm -hmm. in church. And, uh, and, you know, I was, I was suave and smooth, and mm -hmm. she loved me right away. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's my story. <laughs> but I met her, and uh, and uh, and I had episodes yeah. after meeting yeah. her. Uh, yeah. We got engaged in a month. I bought rings a month after we met. Wow! And I uh, asked her to marry me right away. Wow! And uh, she knew the risk, uh, but she was uh, she was willing to take the chance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, I thank God for her because, uh, you know, songs say somebody somewhere mm -hmm. prayed for you. Mm -hmm. And that was her. She stayed on her face and stayed in the trenches. And when I had episodes, it was her that uh, believed uh, the call that was on my life. Did she know you before or you guys had just met and then got engaged in a month? We did. Uh, wow. She knew me because the mission would come, uh, the church would come to the mission mm -hmm. and do services. Wow. So she saw me here, there, and yeah. and she knew that it was a tremendous call on my life. Yeah. And that's why I went through so much. The enemy said, I got to get that guy out of here. Yeah. If I can get him to go, then he mm -hmm. won't save no souls. That's right. Yeah, that's but to right. God be the glory. The yes. devil is a lie. Yes, he is. <laughs> and the truth is not in him. Yes. Yeah, but that was the moment um, sitting on the curb with a blanket on in the rain, and I said, Lord, I I don't want to die like this. Mm. Yeah, help me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. and the help mm -hmm. I received was not a uh, normal help. I I got uh, the Bible from the missions, and just as I got the Bible, before I can do anything else, I uh, one of the Cuban guys that I used to uh, run packages for mm -hmm. up and down the street of uh, Skid Row. I saw him, and he says, uh, "Hey, Poppy," and I went and made a run for him but got caught mm. yeah wow and so that put me in the back of the squad car and i looked up and i said well lord i i guess this is your way of helping me wow yeah. wow yeah. so even with episodes here there mm -hmm. that moment was the defining moment and 
the, the reality of it is I've never turned back since then. Mm -hmm. Had moments, mm -hmm. but I've always stayed grounded in what I felt in that moment mm -hmm. uh, uh, to help me is what I leaned on to continue mm -hmm. uh, my journey. Mm -hmm. <laughs> when did you um, all have your first child and, and what was that like with, you know, having those moments and you have a strong wife and, yes. and I know <laughs> you obviously know that, but me just learning more about you, you have a tremendously strong wife. Yes. So, she's amazing. Yes. She's amazing. What was that like for, for you and your family? You know, you, you know, we married, I married into a blended family. I okay. have two girls and we have, uh, uh, three girls and a boy. So it's, uh, six of us. Okay. Six kids. Okay. And my two daughters, um, my oldest was actually in the streets with me. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so she was 12 and 13 years old selling drugs, and I did them. She sold yeah. them. Wow. Yeah, 12, wow. 13. Wow. Yeah, she was sentenced to three years in, I think it's Chanchilla. Chanchilla. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we were in court together. Wow. Yeah, and wow. Uh, but then when God began to turn my life around, she turned hers around. God. To God be the glory, wow. and never turn back. Wow. My baby, a few years younger than her, was in Elkhart, Indiana. Uh, at that time, she was in Benton Harbor, Michigan, born in St. Joseph. And uh, my oldest daughter found her on uh, Black Planet. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> MySpace or something ago. like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. One of She those. found her on there, and wow. immediately we got her to California with us and mm -hmm. stayed uh, the summer. Mm -hmm. And uh, we've been connected ever since. Wow. And it was a journey. It was tough. I didn't know how to uh, to mend that relationship, mm -hmm. one that never started. Mm -hmm. it, you know, I went mm -hmm. to Benton Harbor uh, running from the police. Mm -hmm. And her mom let me stay there and until the police came. And once the feds came and, and uh, you know, they hid me and I got out of there, I never turned back. My mm -hmm. daughter was uh, one. She okay. was, her second birthday was approaching. Okay. And I didn't make that because I had to go. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. once the, uh, once the feds came and asked about me, I said, I got to go. Mm -hmm. They, they on me. Mm -hmm. So I did the whole swing of Michigan. Mm -hmm. I went from, uh, Benton Harbor to Battle Creek, Battle Creek, South Haven, South Haven to Kalamazoo to Grand Rapids. So I lived in all those missions and shelters just kind of making my way mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> so you mentioned too you know restoring that relationship with your father and then having a wife that brought to your attention that there was some trauma that you had to figure out yes right, and, and fight through and hearing that your child was on the streets with you selling drugs yes. while you were doing drugs yes. and then getting sentenced and then you being away how did you look at that relationship with your kids and compare it to the relationship that you had with your father? Were you ever afraid that you wouldn't be able to mend the relationship or would not be possibly what your story is with your father? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. I didn't want to get close to the kids because I didn't think I could live up to uh, what a father could be. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't. I didn't, uh, I wasn't up for that challenge, mm. you know, so you do your thing, I'm going to do mine, 
whatever they need. If I can produce it or have it, great. And I think it was just more of me not wanting to uh, take the responsibility of something I didn't know. Mm. Didn't know how to father. <laughs> Never seen a father. Mm -hmm. Don't know what a father's supposed to do. So the only thing that I can do early, because we've been together so long, uh, our kids were young. Mm -hmm. So the only thing I can do was discipline. Mm. I didn't know anything about loving and talking mm -hmm. through and no, no, mm, no. All I knew good. was discipline. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the father. That's me, mm -hmm. the disciplinary. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't know anything about love, yeah. and it took a. Uh, it just took uh, the relationship that I had with my wife mm -hmm. uh, to help me in the areas that I was very weak in, mm -hmm. and I believe that's why we were together and together today is because. Uh, the areas that I'm weak in, she's strong. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I begin to embrace that and say, you know what, I can be vulnerable and ask for help. Mm -hmm. Help me. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it was a learning experience. Mm -hmm. And then once I got it, I uh, raised my hand uh, to be there for them because now I want to do what wasn't done. Right. What I didn't know that I know now, I want to do. And I didn't want my kids to go down the road that I went, mm -hmm. which none of them did, mm -hmm. you know, to God be the glory. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you, you know, I, I just wanted to prevent them from doing and making decisions that I made. And if they did make one, I needed to know how to be able to cushion the fall, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we have a great relationship today. Me and all my kids amazing. do. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. You know, you you um, just spoke on something that is very prevalent in the black community, yeah. right? And so oftentimes, because there aren't good examples or a father may have walked out or been incarcerated or been killed or whatever the case is, we see so many single mothers yes. raising children on their yes. own. And, you know, you just shared because I just didn't know how. So... That was the best that I had, right? That was it. Um, and I, I often hear that you refer back to your wife. Yeah. But what is um, some advice that you would give a young man who may not have a wife, right? Or may not have someone as strong as Pastor Joyce. Yes. Um, what type of advice would you give them you know, to, to stand up and be that father, even if they don't know how. Because one thing that um, I've learned in, you know, be, being in your presence and at church, you have no problem with asking for help. Right. And that is um, a huge thing for men, I think, in general. But from what I see, particularly black men, you know, yes. it's hard to ask for help. And, and just encouraging young men that it's okay to ask for help if you Absolutely. don't know. Absolutely. You know? So what advice would you give? Absolutely. I think the first thing, uh, Brittany, that I would, uh, the advice that I would give uh, to anyone, especially a young, uh, young uh, father that don't know, haven't experienced it, and uh, don't know they wear around fatherhood, and I think the first thing I would do is, uh, is share with them uh, ask them to uh, lose the pride. Sometimes we don't know it's pride. Mm. Yeah, you have to drop the pride and <laughs> and be willing to ask for help. Mm -hmm. Yeah, seek help. Seek help. Yeah, mm -hmm. it, it's it's uh, it's really that simple. 
And I know it's a hard thing for us to do when you're conditioned not to. Right. You know, men don't cry and men don't, you know, mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and, and that's terrible that we was conditioned that way and raised in that manner. Mm -hmm. uh, but the truth of the matter is, it's, uh, that's where our help is. Our help is inside the help. That's right. That's where our help is. And uh, so we have to be willing to say, hey, help me. And uh, yeah, and, and once we get the help, uh, we have to be willing to help somebody else. Mm -hmm. I think it's therapeutic that it's, it's, uh, uh, it's us being able to grasp something, learn it, and then help somebody else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's, how, uh, that's how life actually is. Right. Yeah, we don't hold it and keep it for ourselves. We, we give it to somebody that needs it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's how we keep it, mm -hmm. by giving it away. Right, Yeah. right. And, and there's a saying that God gives his strongest battles, right, <laughs> <laughs> to, to, to the strongest ones, right? And, yes. and many are called, but few are chosen. That's right. And I've learned with the calling on my life, why I go through what so go much through. and what I go through, right? Yeah. And I've accepted the call and the mantle, and the cross can be heavy at times. Absolutely. Um, but I believe that we all are put on earth for a purpose, mm -hmm. and we all have a purpose. And before I get into that, um, I want to ask, how did you start your church and, you know, transition from all these different things and then now <laughs> in the pulpit, right? Yes. So yes. Um, can we kind of tap into Oh, that? absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I believe it was back in '05, '06. Uh, uh, me and me and my wife uh, started at a new church, mm -hmm. and uh, once we got there, we just kind of sat down. We'd already been operating in ministry, and we sat down and just done what they asked. Mm -hmm. And uh, my father in the faith, uh, my senior pastor, uh, asked me to share one day, and I did, and. And that was the beginning of it, uh, for us there. Mm -hmm. And um, we had decided we wasn't going to do uh, pursue a church. We liked what we were doing. Okay. You know, we served very close to our pastors, and in fact, we had different services. And uh, if he wasn't doing one, I was doing one. So mm -hmm. we were originally coming to the state of Arizona to open a church for our old church okay. and be the site pastors. Okay. And uh, when that didn't work out in that manner, uh, uh, I decided that, uh, me and my wife decided that we would do it. And uh, so it was a challenge. Mm -hmm. It was tough. Um, mm -hmm. We knew that the call and uh, of God was on both of our lives and that we were um, qualified and willing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because with me, I believe that God don't look for all those who knows what they're doing. He's looks for the folks that's willing to do what he's that's <laughs> right. to do. That's right. We were willing. Right. So we came out here uh, to Arizona with no home. Wow. Uh, yeah, we didn't have a house. We drove a U, the U-Haul and her Equinox, and my car was on the back of the U-Haul, and we slept in the U-Haul. And wow. that was, we was used to that. Uh, yeah. We had had time where we... Uh, slept in our van. We had one room uh, with our kids when yeah. I was getting things together. Yeah. It's a process. Yeah, yeah. And so we had one room. The kids stayed in it. We would cook, make sure they eat, and then we would go sleep in the van at night. Wow. Yeah, so we wow. were. <laughs> yeah, we wow. would go sleep in the van. What a 
and uh, so we were used to that, and 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 so we came out here and we uh, started a Bible study with six people, mm -hmm. and I believe in four months' time we went into our own space, and we went to two services uh, from the six, so we was well over four hundred in a year's time. Wow! You know, to God be the glory. Yes. Uh, and it's because what we believe. We believe that uh, uh, that this walk with Christ is a is a together thing. Mm -hmm. So we don't pedestal ourselves and we don't separate ourselves. We believe we do life together, mm -hmm. not alone. Mm -hmm. And then we believe in being uh, sincere and genuine. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's how we got where we are today. Mm. Uh, you know, and it's all again to God be the glory. Um, we, like I said, we didn't plan it. We've always said we wasn't going to have a church. We thought we were too old. Mm. You know, we're too old to start a church. Uh, but God had other plans. Yeah. 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 And that's, uh, that's how we, where we are now. Wow. That, it, I mean, your testimony is amazing. And as you continue to talk, it's just <laughs> like I just keep learning more and yeah. more. Um, but it's just so encouraging, right? Like you said, it's a process. It is. And it's a process that we often have to trust. Yes. Because sometimes we can't see the road and where it's going to lead us. But knowing that God's hand is on your life and knowing where he's brought you. Yes. To and from, yeah. you know, um, just to trust that process. You yeah. know, that's just so important. Um and this is the Signature Required podcast where uh, we talk about your purpose and wearing your name proud. And so we have to ask you, okay. what is your purpose in life? That's good. Uh, my purpose, soul purpose, and it sounds very common and a cliche, but my purpose is to bring lost souls to Christ. Mm. It really is. And I love it. Uh, I couldn't see myself doing anything else. And I understand what the fight was all about. Mm -hmm. You know, I really do. I see what it was all about. Uh, I was sent into this region by God for broken people like me. Mm -hmm. And that's what I have inherited. And I'm so grateful for it because I have an opportunity uh, to share in a manner, an elementary manner, a manner that's layman's term, plain mm -hmm. English. Uh, to draw folks to Christ. Absolutely. And that's my purpose. Mm -hmm. uh, in this earth, my purpose is to uh, be willing to share with folks how good God has been to me mm -hmm. and then lead them to Him. Absolutely. Yeah, let them go and go get somebody else. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. what I'm here for, Miss Brittany. I love it. That's it. I love it. <laughs> and, and you are walking in your purpose. And I'm just so happy that we're, you know, we're here on this podcast because so many young people need to hear your story they need to hear stories like this because oftentimes we get into um, our own heads and think that nobody understands right or, you know nobody knows what we're going through yes and and that's not the truth and that's the enemy yeah. right and so um, you come in today and sharing your story I know it's going to encourage and bless so many yes. um, and especially young men young men yeah. some of the things that you were sharing um, I see it so often. I deal with it, yes. right? And and I see just being a disciplinary because that's all we know at, at times, right? But how to love and nurture and and talk through and like you said, to be there to cushion. You know, that's yeah. that's just so important. And so, um, 
tell the people how they can reach you and how they can connect with you and you know where your church is located absolutely absolutely uh we're worship life center church 4930 east main street in mesa and uh we have a great time in the lord mm -hmm. we really do uh also we are online uh we do a live service uh worship life center uh, church on facebook and on instagram and I welcome everybody, uh, everybody to the church. We have a nine o'clock service. I was doing two services, nine and eleven, until pandemic hit. And once okay. pandemic hit, folks kind of shied away. We I can go back to two now because things didn't picked up uh, a lot. And uh, so that's where we are, everybody. You guys come on down, forty nine thirty East Main Street, uh, Worship Life Center Church, Mesa, Arizona, eight five two zero five. And uh, I just hope to see you all there. Brittany, you know, it's funny you mentioned, you says discipline. Well, it was, the way that actually went was that the only love that I could show was when I purchased. If I bought you something, that mm. was the love. And other than that, then all you get is the discipline. Mm. You know, we didn't know how to talk through and know how to, yes. uh, uh, to listen. Yeah. You know, that's huge. So important. <laughs> it is so huge. And I had to find that out, uh, yeah. that I needed to listen to my kids. I need mm -hmm. to listen uh, to what my wife had to say, and it made a, it made a world of difference. Absolutely. I'm so grateful, Absolutely. and thank God you had me on here. Uh, I hope I shared something that will help somebody. You absolutely did. Is there anything that you want to leave, any last remarks you want to leave with the audience? or? I do. I do. And it's very important. And I want you guys to really hear me with this. If you are dealing with uh, anything, depression or uh, addiction or just kind of lost your way, please reach out. Do not stay. Uh, the enemy wants to keep you by yourself and wants to keep you alone. And we don't do life alone. Uh, so reach out to somebody. In fact, you can always reach out to me. Always reach out to me. I'm Pastor Stan, Worship Life Center Church. Uh, just give me a shout. I will meet you wherever you are, and we will try to meet the demand of whatever you're going through. I love that. I love that. Um, well, audience, this is our time. I am your host, Miss Brittany Renee. This is the Signature Required Podcast, and it is here to stay. You can grab your <laughs> merch at signaturerequired.com if you're looking for an accountability partner. Um, some business consulting, please reach out at BrittanyRenee.com, and we will see you soon. Bye, everybody. Have a good one.